Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, I would say happy Wednesday, but it is Thursday, a week before you're going to see this. We're recording this six days before. This is when the words, this is when the words were said and you'll see it on the plane. So, all right. So that's the story. We have Kat Kerr coming in here in just a moment. Uh, time. I don't think I have any announcements, so we're going to get right to it. So without further delay, let's bring in Wednesdays with Kat and Steve. So here we go. Well, there we are. She Hi. is. How's it going, Kat? Hi. Good to see you. <laughs> anyway, welcome, welcome. Good to see you. So it's much later. It's actually 530 in the early evening for you, isn't it? I guess. It's like we're just getting started. I'm just getting started. Yeah, this is your day. Yeah, this is towards Midnight, the end of one, two, three a.m. are the best times. To that's good. Well, I mean, this so well, that's good because that means it's going to be a good show because you're going to be awake and alert. And yes. <laughs> not that not that you aren't always. So anyway, well, <laughs> well, Kat, obviously this is today the set the twenty second, but they'll see it on the twenty eighth. So. Yeah. Um, Anything you want to say before? I've got pages of questions, but uh, about heaven and other things related. But anything you want to tell the people before we get going on these questions? I think there's probably a little bit of something to tell them. Um, sometimes, as I said, sometimes I can't release it all at one time. But I do know this for a fact. I don't know who, and I have to say that I always am honest. I don't know who, but I do know that there are covert people out there gathering information that the other side and you know when i say the other side i mean you know the other side not our mm-hmm. side yeah they have no clue about it because when you get so full of yourself and you think you've won and this goes for anyone if you're if you're on the wicked side and you think you've won that means you're convinced you've won that does not mean you have won in any shape or form of the word and a lot of that's actually still going on however some are realizing, even more realizing that this whole thing is going to go down the drain from what their plans were, not our plans. Everybody knows our plans, right? Goodness, light, hope, love, joy, celebration. So, but the other side has no clue, really. They think they've got it made. They think they've got their plans laid out and they're happening and they aren't happening at all. And that should bring you hope that, yes, there's more going on not seen than stuff being seen. What you're seeing is their plans, their announcements that they generate all the time that brings no good. If you didn't know this by now, Satan, I'll just say Satan. Satan can't create good. There's nothing good about him. There's no good plans he's ever made. He's never done anything to help anybody and that's never gonna change. But the side of light is always working towards great things happening, more happening on our behalf, on behalf of the world because this world still belongs to the lord of glory and he has let's say spirit realm operations for sure you don't see them i see them and it's amazing the things going on that are about to happen and then on the other side on the flesh side there's also stuff going on that no one is aware of whatsoever which has to remain that way so always know this there's always somebody on your side if you're on the side of light, there's always somebody, go- things going on, plans being made that actually will happen because we, who are in the light, have a great foundation that cannot be shaken. The other side's already been shaking. Yeah. You will remember that what the Father said on November 
the 4th, 2020. He said, yeah. when the ground begins to shake, and when the shaking begins, it will not stop until everything is accomplished that he has planned. And therefore, because that shaking has started in earnest in many places, in the spirit realm and in the flesh, because they're both happening, that always tells me something is about to be exposed Something is about to be done and finished. So that's all I can leave you with today. I hope that helps you uh, to stay excited and remember to share truth. Remember to share what brings hope and life and celebration and stop broadcasting what Satan wants to happen. So then I want to ask you this. Now, you have said before, Kat, several times on our broadcast that the enemy, Satan, promised Hitler all kinds of things and he was going to make him famous he was going to make him whatever it was and yep. now as i recall you said since then since he he's been hanging on a hook in hell is that am i saying that right on a, meat hook. On a hook so on a meat hook so what i'm so now is it or is it not true that even the deep state literal people have been promising their foot soldiers people we see on the news if you cooperate with these evil deeds we're going to do these good things for you that's a lie too isn't it it is a lie. Well, the father of lies, who is yeah. Satan, is really in charge of everything. Even some of them don't know that. They think it's yeah. them and it's not them. So because the father of lies, Satan, cannot ever create anything good that is productive, that's going to bring forth help, he can't do it. It's been it's been blotted out of his mind. And that lightning bolt that took him out of heaven burnt part of his mind away. That's what the father told me. So nothing good will come from that for anyone involved in that. That's just the way it's going to happen. It's always been that way. And I wish everybody could have been there at Open the Heavenlies, a meeting, and heard what um, was said by a couple of the speakers. If you can go to the Lord of Hosts and watch those meetings, you'll probably find out who I'm talking about. It clearly exposes that deep state stuff and what's going on with them and what's going to happen according to the word, which is they're going to fail miserably. And yet we who are here, I will say a scripture, I will quote a scripture. Until he that remains is removed, the Antichrist cannot appear on the earth. That is in the word of God. He who remains is the body of Christ people operating in absolute dominion and authority. By the time those other greater days get here, that's what will be happening. No one's going to need a rescuer, people. The only reason the Antichrist comes is because people are screaming out for a rescuer. But when we're gone, and no one knows that day but the Father, and it's not right around the corner, just in case you wondered, uh, that is a scripture that is in the Bible, and that's exactly what that means. So we're here not to be beat up and stepped on and abused, but we are here to rule. Jesus Christ rules. I mean, now in this life and in the, in the time to come, that's what's about to happen in this world. And because that will be fullness greater than you ever imagined speaking to the land, the sea, and the air, and running things for God on this earth so that it will be great, there will be hope, joy, celebration, and that is going to happen. That is, those are the Father's plans. That is what is about to happen. And you will just further, further see the demise of everything else on the other side because there's no one that can stand before the living God and say, I'm taking over to that. That's never going to happen. And until we are removed, as the light in this world, the body of Christ operating in dominion and authority. That's why I keep saying, get your crown on, because that is about to happen. 
the other side's going to fail every single time. And I think in these meetings that just happened was so fully explained by more than one speaker, uh, including myself. It was just a glorious time with the presence of God and everyone getting so excited about what was being shared uh, from heaven and what heaven's plans were. So that's what I can tell you today. And that's what you should expect to happen. That's what you should be talking about. Yeah, and I want to encourage those who are listening. There are people that are, are part of the deep state. They think we're nuts yeah. right now. But you're beginning, to, there's some watching this that are beginning to whittle away. You're beginning to say, maybe these guys, maybe that lady with the pink hair is right. Maybe that Steve Schultz and them are right. Maybe I'm on the wrong side. Can I just say this? If you're one of those people, get out of there, repent, tell the Lord you're, for, you're sorry for for yes. you know wanting darkness instead of light repent from it till ask the lord to forgive you he'll rescue you before it's too late so yeah uh, don't wait don't wait don't wait so, yeah, don't wait i wouldn't wait any longer if i were you yeah it's right there folks you know you know there you are know, already in covert operations actually uh that are getting stuff from those some of those that you'll be shocked to find out who they are it's not the b person who's telling on everybody else who's involved in that. But that's what always happens in these operations. It's always what happens. When evil tries to take over, there's already always somebody, either a plant in that group or someone in that group getting realization of the truth of what's happening. And they don't want to do that anymore or be that anymore. And as I've always said, please pray for their families, the ones yeah. who are trying to run stuff uh, illegally. Pray for all their families if they have nothing to do with that. They don't want right. a part of it. And yet they're probably in hiding themselves right now because yeah. of that. So I do. Father, I pray for all those right now who have family members out there being evil and wicked, killing, stealing, and destroying. Father, I pray for their families, Father, that you will protect them. You will keep them. You will bring them peace in their hearts and run after those who are doing that. Let's stick Holy Spirit on them in Jesus' name uh, that... If God has a plan for their life, they're going to realize it and they're going to turn and come back to him in Jesus' name. There's my prayer for the day. There you go. Awesome, Kat. Well done. Well, we'll get into questions. Anyone that's new watching this, Kat has been, and, and not she's not the only one. Many people on the earth have had this, in, many encounters in heaven where they're caught up before the Lord. Kat is one of those primary ones that I know, and she's she's been called to to bring heaven, the teaching about heaven, to the earth is that how you describe it Kat? say yes, it in your own words okay it's called a commission in person face-to-face -face commission uh with jesus christ when he informed me that father and he were going to start taking me on tours of heaven to reveal the truth about heaven what life is like what happens from the moment you pass from this world or step out of your body your physical body and what life will be like there that is a commission and it yeah. started back in the 80s, and they have no intention of stopping it. And I have no intention of asking them to stop Good. it. So what would you say? If you want me to do that, I will do it. What would you say, Kat, um, to someone that says, look, we have the scriptures. They were codified. We know those 66 books. God's told us what we want, what we need to know. There's, there, there, You shouldn't tell us anything that's not in the Bible because he's given us what we need, all the things we need for life and godliness. What would you say to that? I think the Bible is definitely uh, one of the most basic things you need in your life because it gives you truth, truth about Jesus Christ, truth about life and death, truth about who we are as a body of Christ. And it clearly says in there that he gives us power over all the power of the enemy. 
And if you don't know what that is, you need to know what that is. He fully intends for you to understand what that means. And also what, what we have the right to do in this world as kings and priests unto our God, which it also states those are positions of authority and dominion. And some people can, they'll read scriptures and they may understand, they may not understand. But when things change, and these times are definitely changing, yeah. he sends a messenger and has always sent a messenger. John the Baptist was such a messenger. He mm -hmm. was changing everything by the word God gave him to speak, that the Messiah was coming, that we would no longer offer animals as sacrifices back in those days. That totally changed everything. For those who believed in Jesus Christ, their life was changing, their understanding, the revelation was changing. We're in one of those times right now where you need to know who you are and use the authority he gave you right now. And therefore, that is why he's revealing himself, the Father, the Holy Spirit, revealing how heaven operates, what he has given us to do in this world. If he says the earth is crying out itself for the manifested sons and daughters to stand up and say and do things. To impact this world, that's what I share. It is scriptural, and it is in the Bible, and I had a personal commission. And you all know, even in the Bible, people had personal commissions given by God, uh, given by the Lord, Then that's what they did while they were here on the earth. I am no different than those other ones, okay? And because I was asked and I said, yes, that is what I am doing. Good, 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 good stuff. All right. Um, Deanna asks a question. It's, it's her granddaughter's question. So I'm going to read you that question, and then I'm going to uh, add a couple more to it myself. She wants to know, are there schools in heaven? And I'm going to add to that uh, the details. Are there classes? Are there courses? Are there trade schools? Any of those type of things? Any or all of those or none of those in heaven? I, I don't know about the trade schools. I think that anything you don't know how to do or you would like to do, horseback riding, skydiving. I mean, I can, I'm just listing a bunch of things. If you really yeah. were interested in doing that, you go to the one who knows how to do that. And yes, they will teach. They teach people. They, they give classes and teach people. But there is Word University, which is the main one that everyone goes to when you come to heaven. Everyone. Revelation on every single scripture in the Word. And the ones who wrote those books in the Bible teach those books with revelation to you when you come to heaven. There are classes. There is a specified place called Word University. Whoa. And I think pastors are the most excited people when they go to that, go to those classes. And they learn the full revelation of what the word, what those words meant when they were given. And but being able to see or meet those who wrote those scriptures, who after they got to heaven were given revelation on that. That was going to be what their assignment was. And also there's Royal University that teaches you how to rule and reign. Really? Not just, not just, not necessarily in heaven, but in the world to come on the new earth, there will be people who have positions to be over certain areas uh, in that, at that time. And you learn how to do that at Royal University. So those two places, I know I've seen them. Word University and Royal University actually do exist in heaven. And yes, you will attend classes, not in a schoolroom behind a hard desk. I'm not going to tell you how they do that, but it's in different places throughout heaven, uh, even in the celestial realm that these classes take place. And it, you are so amazed and wow. undone by what the Father has to share with you when you get there. I was totally going to ask you, you mean sitting at desks, like I'm picturing these school desks, you know, where somebody walks by and knocks your papers off just to have fun. So this no. is not behind the desk. 
Nope, it's not like that. Okay, very cool. All right. Now, how come you said, I'm not going to tell you how? Is it kind of a more secret or we just wouldn't understand how the learning No, it's in exciting ways. Exciting ways that it's taught to you. I want you to find that out when you get there. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask something. My wife and I were talking about this thing where you've heard me talk about our loved ones that went before us and and that didn't agree with the things we're doing, like the stuff you and I are doing now, the people that have yeah. now gone to be with the Lord. Um, and, you know, we were talking about it was hard to visualize even now them, and even though we know they understand everything, it's hard to visualize them, them going, wow, look what Stephen Dream doing are doing because they always didn't like what we were doing. They will be saying that. <laughs> you said they will be saying that. They will be saying that. They will be so fully understanding what God has given you to do in this world, and they will be excited, and they'll probably watch a lot. They'll watch a lot. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah, they wow. will watch. They'll be watching you. They'll well, that was my supposition. I was saying I think they might, from time to time, look down and say, "Let's see what Stephen Dreen are up to now," because they're doing this prophetic and. You know, now they understand it. Okay, interesting. That's, so that for a lot of people who had people that went to be at the Lord, they never understood what you were doing with the Lord. Now they're cheering you on from heaven. The, yes. That is and I want you to repeat this one thing, and then I'm going to ask the next question. But repeat to me what you said, if you remember it. Uh, and if you don't, I'll tell you. But the moment someone steps out of their body, what? They understand. You said the moment they step out. They understand the moment it all. you leave this physical body behind in your yeah. spirit man is free from this physical body, the presence of the Lord will begin to invade you right then. It doesn't wait till you get to heaven. You already can feel his presence all around you. Joy floods your soul. You're so excited. You know where you're going. Your guardian angel's right there with you. You'll see your guardian angel for the very first time if you've never seen him before. There's probably more than one. You'll see them right there. They're waiting to take you home to heaven. And that is the very first thing they experience is seeing their guardian angels. And they're going to know they're their guardian angels. And they'll introduce themselves to you. And they'll tell you, you you've got to go home. We're, we're going home, take you home to the glory. We're going to the heavenly realm. And we're here to take you. And it's going to be okay. Uh, but then excitement begins to pour into the heart when they realize they see their body. They can clearly see their dead body. Yeah. They're not upset. They can feel and touch their self because of it, the spirit realms all around inside the physical realm. And they're now a spirit, their spiritual body is standing there. They're able to touch. They feel joy. They feel celebration. They feel excitement. And um, and so that's what happens. Very first thing happens when you step out of this body. You will get it back, people. Even if you're cremated, it's okay if you do that because. God knows where every single ash is, every cell of your physical body. He's going to bring it back together one day, and you will have it back. And, uh, you know, I when you said, people, but, yeah. well, I was going to say, but I had heard that before, not only from you, but someone else, that God knows where all the pieces are. And yes. I'm thinking, I don't necessarily want the old pieces. Just give me a new body. Why do I want the old pieces? Do you, does he literally get the pieces? He can find every single bit of it, and he will put it back together. Wow, okay. And he will love your body because it will look young. It's going to be young. Yeah. There's no age in the spirit realm. You will be young. You'll be filled with life. You'll be strong. Uh, the possibilities of what you will experience just because of what you're already experiencing. Now, Crazy. it's okay. He's going to give you your body back, people, but it will not be old. 
It will yeah. not be handicapped. There will be nobody blind, sick, lame. None of that will be in your body once you get that body back. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Now, back to the show. So cremated or not, God God takes the pieces and puts it all back together. Cremation, yes. nothing. He's, he's the one who made it. He yeah. can put it all back together. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, all right. Here, in fact, you kind of, oh, no, this is different. I thought it might be similar. Okay, Amy's asking this question. When people freeze their embryos like uh, IVF, in, in vitro fertilization, when they freeze their embryos, are their spirits, I don't know if she means souls, are their spirits frozen with them or does the spirit still live in God until it's implanted? That's the question. Normally, it is after the conception has taken place. It it was it would be after conception has taken place. Yeah. So I don't think the spirit's in those embryos. That's like the egg, right? And, yeah, and I think so. That, once it's implanted, and I have no, I have no opinion of my own ever about what people think. I think about that. I know that when conception takes place, either from intro, in how do you say that? In vitro fertilization. In vitro, yeah. That conception must take place. It has to. So that has to. They have to meet together like they would even in in the natural way. And at that second, at the very second that that implant takes place and there really is life right there, that's when life begins. That is when your spirit, body, and soul is attached. God can't attach it if there's nothing to attach it to. Yeah. He's not going to just put it in an egg. You have yeah. to have that conception take place. It's the best way, easiest way I can say that. And I'm yeah. sure people clearly understand what I mean. Life begins at conception. That's we good. cannot make a spirit and we cannot make a soul. So our part is the, the physical part. And once that conception takes place, Holy Spirit will bring down from the Father a little spirit of life, which is your spiritual body and your soul. And it says, it says in the Bible, God said, I knit you together in your mother's womb. Well, he said that because he's the only one who can do it. He's yeah. not talking about putting these arms and legs on people. He's talking about your spirit man and your soul being attached at that time of conception because they grow together. The spirit and soul grow with your body. Yeah. Uh, they grow. And so that's when life begins. So no matter what they're trying to say through abortion, it's not true. That yeah. thing grows in your body, people. That's a baby. That is a baby. And that baby was sent from God in heaven. Its little spirit and soul was knit together at the time of conception. And from that time, it grows through the different stages until it's time for it to be born. It doesn't become a living human being when it's born. It already is on the inside of the mother. Okay. Ken, I want to ask you probably the most controversial question I've ever asked you. I've known you for seven, eight years. I've never had the guts to ask this. Um, so I'm going to ask it today. So we all know the horrors of rape, a woman, women that get raped. And out of those rapes, sometimes there's conception. What do you know of anything? Has God shown you anything about what, how in the world does he then put a spirit and soul in that um is he does the plan of salvation kick in at that moment for for this little what what can you say if anything about that any babies any and all babies even if they're like a week old in the womb or something else 
they all go to heaven when they pass. Every yeah. one of them goes to heaven when they pass. They're innocent. They weren't a part of that. But I will tell you why it happens, Steve. God makes, um, I could call it a protocol. I don't want to call it a law. Uh, there are laws of creation, if you want to call it that, the way it happens. There's just the way it happens. And God made that uh, a protocol he will not change or take away because there's so many descend. The way he ordered it to happen is at the time of conception, no matter how the conception takes place, if that, if that is joined together, if the egg of the sperm is joined together, that is true conception. He always made it that when that happens, he will send a, send a spirit and a soul in, in, a, in a body and send that and attach it. He can't take that away. There'd be too many ways for the enemy to get in, to prevent things or not have things happen. And so that baby can still be kept and watched over. It can still be raised, even if he sent them as a prophet. I've known quite a few people that were born because of that, and the mother still wanted them born, and their and their and their destiny still happens. So I know those aren't the best of circumstances, yeah. but I will tell you that when that takes place, no matter how that takes place, when conception takes place, life will happen. And there will be that joining together when God said, I knit you, that means anyone who was sent by him, I knit you together in your mother's womb. That means he attached that little spirit with a soul in it at that dot of flesh that was just created by conception. You know, do you know anything about the scripture where David says, in sin, my mother conceived me? Has God shown you what that meant at all? Do you, are you familiar with that scripture? It's, he basically says, in sin, I, my I mother. Can... Probably, I don't know. Maybe perhaps she didn't know. Uh, possibly she didn't know that there was a creator or didn't, didn't even, that wasn't even her thought pattern of doing that. But I'm glad David remained. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, God knew he would become David when he sent him, when he knit him together in that mother's womb. He knew who he would be when he grew up. He knew that would be David. He knew that would become King David. It's amazing, amazing. All right, Aaron asked, my son is now nine, but when he was young, maybe two or three, while in his bedroom, he said he saw the spooky bats going in and out of the spooky castle. I'm positive he was seeing the spiritual world. This hasn't happened since, but how can I encourage this gift is he a seer? I feel like he has a big calling that I don't understand, and I want to make sure we don't miss it. Sounds like he was seeing spooks. It, that that could be for many reasons. I'll take a little bit of time to explain each sure. one. Sure. It could have been something that went on in that house before they bought it. If they, if, this is the thing. If you buy a home that's been lived in for, you better evict everything out that you don't want there. Open your front door because if people did wicked things in that home or they operated in witchcraft in that home, there are there'll be spirits that just remain. They just do. And so it's up to us to cleanse that home. I've done it every single time I've moved. If I didn't have a brand new home that was built by me, which I haven't. So we always evicted everything out in Jesus name. We took communion and to cleanse the home, we poured some of it on the land outside. And if anything was there, it left. So I would suggest to her, she do that first, uh, because if they had a place that was operated in in different ways, or they watched things all the time in there, that were like witchcraft or, 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 or the darkness, you know, all kinds of things go on in movies now. Spirits are attached to those movies, and you don't want that to remain either. 
Um, there's different reasons how that could have possibly happened, and he may have seen it. Sometimes when children are younger, their eyes are some, some of them are still open to the spirit realm, some are not. Uh, I would certainly pray for him to lose that from his soul, but yeah. I wouldn't pay attention to what he said to her. If he sees more, if he begins to see angels and other stuff without her coaching him or anything, I would totally write it down in the journal and share it with him when he gets older. But that good. thing he saw, either he was just having a bad dream, maybe somebody watched something or went somewhere and brought something back with them. All these things are reality in the spirit realm. You cannot go visit places that have evil in them and leave and think something's not following you. Yeah. It is our responsibility to guard our children from all of that stuff and not participate in any of it because you actually are almost putting a welcome mat out for it to come. Yeah. And so someone, if someone says, don't get that house or don't go into that house, it's haunted. There's a, there are ghosts in there. You're saying they're not ghosts. There's what? They're familiar spirits. Demons. It's not. It's not the. It's not a ghost. Usually, somebody who died and that was their spirit remaining. That does not happen. Right. Uh, it could be. It could be demonic. It could be. And uh, but there's those. Those are evil spirits. But a familiar spirit can look like somebody you knew once before, and they will. Like I just spoke about. Sometimes they'll hang around in different houses. That was not the person who lived there before, and that was your dead spirit. That is not what you're seeing. There are things called the familiar spirits in the spirit realm that are dark from are from the enemy and they will try to influence people sometimes they make sounds in the night and stuff like that open your front door say i evict all familiar spirits i evict all wickedness and evil anything of satan i evict you from this place in jesus name and they will have to go um i know some people who think it's funny i don't think it's funny mm -mm. i don't think have any partnership or of anything to do with satan because eventually it will bring control over your life and but those things like that that people call they're not they're not haunted by a person usually they're saying the person who lived there their, their spirit behind your spirit goes one or two places when you die it either goes to heaven or to hell there is no hanging around on the earth not not for humans not for humans okay now let's see i lost it here it is I, I came across a piece of paper when I was preparing for this the other day, and this is from last year, almost over a year ago. <laughs> and so someone, I thought, well, I better ask her a question. And here's the question. Is Proverbs 31, this is Frances Hansen, is Proverbs 31 a real woman? It almost seems like Proverbs 31 is an unobtainable goal for women, she's used to say. What, 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 what are your thoughts? I would say it's not unattainable, or he wouldn't have put it in the Word. <laughs> Okay. It is not unattainable. It's what it's really about what your heart desires for him. Are you spending time with him, meaning Jesus Christ? Are you running after what he has, what he says? Are you hungry for his word yourself? Only the enemy would be telling you that is unattainable okay. because that is not the truth. The truth is what's put in the word and talks about uh, it could have been somebody who was alive at that time, and they operated like that. They operated in holiness. They loved people. They helped people. They they really wanted to know the Lord at that time. I can just tell you, I know people who live that way, and that is not unattainable. It's not okay. unattainable to live holy. If he says in his word, be ye holy as I am holy, he's saying you can become that. That's Guess what that means? You don't sin. Well, I, you know, if I can say, because my wife and I have talked about the Proverbs 31. This is not our question. This is Francis. But I remember going over this years ago and, 
And, you know, it, it is true that this woman, Proverbs 31, rises up early before everyone else, fixes the food, makes this thing. Then she's in business in the, in, at the during the day, and she runs the business affairs, it seems, and then she's back to fixing the food. And I think there's some people that says, I don't have enough energy in my life to ever have to be like that. And I, I kind of think that's what they're talking about. They're talking about yeah. becoming that woman. I think you could have that kind of energy if you ask for it. Okay. You have not because you ask not. People think, for whatever reason, they think I can ask for my rent to be paid. I have food on the table. We're safe and protected. You, you can go beyond that. You really That's can good. go beyond that. You can ask for strength, for energy. You can ask for, for, for more of God, of him. You can ask him that. And I can tell you, I began to learn how to ask. And I didn't hesitate to ask if there's something I desired or wanted that would help what I'm doing for him. But but that is not unattainable. It is not unattainable. Okay. And the other thing is this. Basically, he was saying she had integrity in her life. What she said she would do, she did it. And this is really the truth. What she said she would do, she would do it. She put her hand to something. She finished it. She didn't abandon it. And that, that has, uh, in someone who is a believer, that goes a long way with the Father, that you're showing him, I'm serious about representing the body of Christ. I'm representing Christ on this earth. I represent heaven on this earth. You need to have integrity in your life. And if, you're, if it's getting hard for you, ask God to send help. You can say, Father, send me help to do this, or send me to someone that can explain how to do it better. There's all kinds of things you can ask him, but don't reject the whole thing. Um, and having integrity, it goes a long way, not just with God, but with people watching your own life, that if you promise to do something, you do it. Can I ask you a question about that, about asking things? Because you hit on something that's really intriguing to me, and I practice, I play with it, I experiment with it. And I, and I have said to Doreen, my wife, if you knew the things that I asked for and the things that I prayed for, it, you just wouldn't believe it. Because sometimes I'll just... I'll go into I want I want my memory to be like this, and I'll do, I'll describe Bible characters, and I'll describe people with you know uh, photographic memories, and I want it to be this plus this plus this. Now, and I I feel like in different areas, and I'm just talking about many many different areas. I pray. I feel like at this stage in my life, at 67, I'm just beginning to see some of the prayers I've been praying for different things happen. I mean, are we literally leaving on the table? Prayers that we, if we only prayed them, God would do for us. In our, have you seen anything ridiculously crazy that someone prayed for and God just did? I think it depends on the timing. Is everything with God? Although He doesn't go by time itself. Right. Timing is everything in our lives. Where have we gotten? What level are we at? Are we pursuing Him? Do can if He gives us stuff, will it make it squander it on ourselves? It gives us wealth and we're not ready to handle it. Will it make us lose? everything we have because we begin to have greed for that. God is not against giving people wealth at all, but what would you do with it if you yeah. had it? That matters to him very much. He doesn't want you to lose what you already have with him because you're you're tempted now by wealth, and some people are. Uh, I happen to know that I will have great wealth because I'm already using mine to help people. I'm already doing that, and my goal is to be able to help people with things that they never could have or do. That is my heart. I love people so much. My dad did that. I, my dad was a great example of taking stuff we had and owned that we needed. We gave away because we love people so much. So what are your plans? And I think that means so much to God. 
if he gave you this, what would you do with it? No matter what it is you're asking for, what would that do for you? Or how would that better help you do what he's assigned you to do? I was born with a photographic memory. That wasn't something he reached in and put. It was already in me. I already had yeah. a photographic memory. And it does help in everything that I'm doing because I remember every time I've been taken to heaven, I didn't forget any of it. Wow. Every time. Yes. Wow. Well, I'd love to have that. I'd love to have that. Okay. So, yeah. I, so you would encourage people to pray bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger prayers, but maybe, but Lord, you know the timing. Lord, you know when, you know how. That's not my business to know, right? I, I would say make sure you consider what would you do with it is more yeah. important to God. He obviously can give whatever he he wants to give. He can give it. Uh, but what would you do with that? Yeah. I think it's more important to God. And I'd write down something. If you wanted something that much, I'd write it down. Father, I really would desire to have this. This is what I would use it for. Okay. This is why I would want you to give it to me. This is how it could better help the the kingdom operate, or you can use me in the kingdom better if I had this. That would mean more to him than you just saying, I want this. Well, right. And I, I guess in my mind that was implied, but I hear, I see what you're saying. State, you're saying, come right out and tell the Lord. This is what I I'm would. I would to. absolutely yeah. do that. Yeah. And hold yourself to the fire because he will, you know. So, yes, you're right. So, um, okay. This, I'm going to read too because this lady, uh, she's waited for a year and a half. So I'm going to ask a second one from her. It says, We do communion daily from obedience, but as we participate, meaning in the flesh, she's saying in the physical is what she's saying. Is there anything actually happening in the spirit? I'm thinking maybe the lightning power of God would be released or something similar. But she's wanting to know what actually happens in the spirit realm. And if you're if you're sincere about it, does something happen in the spirit realm every time you drink, eat this bread and drink this cup, you know? I do know this. To the Father, that is a holy act and it is a yeah. holy thing to remember the death of Christ. It really is. And I think it should be in the heart of every believer to do that, at least somehow on a consistent basis. I do know that sometimes when you take it, healing can come faster by taking that cup. And it, even taking the cup represents healing. It's one of the things he gives us or that happens. So a lot of times healing happens when you're taking communion. Um, things are brought down from heaven and put on the inside of you when you're taking communion. Definitely things happen in the spirit realm. The enemy is used sometimes who's been bombarding you a lot. And you take communion over that and say, uh, I recognize your blood and your body being broken for me, that I can be free. And I'm declaring that I will be free from these attacks of the enemy. You would be shocked at how quickly that was taken from you. It's what are you taking it for? Just like I was saying before, he watches the heart to see yeah. why is this important to you? What are you thinking this represents? It represents all that his blood does for you, all that sacrifice and all the stuff that he's laid down in his own life to so that you can have more of him, you can understand him better, have more of his more of his presence around you. And I also know this, it literally will evict every single thing off your property that does not belong there no longer, no, no matter how it remained. I already mentioned that. To take communion, if you're having things going on in your house, it's not you. Open the door, evict the enemy, go outside, take communion and say, this is your holy communion representing your blood and your body. And I pour it on the land to redeem the land and this property to be used for the kingdom because I will no longer tolerate the enemy's presence. And I promise you, 
Hosts from heaven will come down and they'll rip everything off of there and evict it because you did that. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button. Yeah. I, this makes me think of a question that's been happening in the last year or so that because um, all my life, because I was raised in the church, although it was illegalistic in the first half of, or third of my life, but uh, I always said in the name of Jesus, in the name, everything was in the name of Jesus. We always, we never forgot to say in Jesus name or the name of Jesus. But later in this part of my life, I'm tuning into how much incredible love the father has for his son. And the name of Jesus wasn't just saying the words, but it was like what he did on the cross. And oh my goodness, the love that this father has for the son. So when I say, and I pray this in the name of your precious, precious son. Now my heart is filling up as I say that. Is that a more effective prayer with the Lord, especially when it's from the heart? I would say anything that adores the Lord is powerful in the spirit. Anything that recognizes his authority, uh, his right to rule is very powerful in the spirit. And I do encourage people to do that. It's not, you're not saying just a rote thing like this, like written in a book. You're not just reading that. It has to come from your heart and your soul when you say that. And you are recognizing his authority, his dominion. He trashed hell on his own, crushed the enemy, took back the keys to hell, death, and the grave. And opened it and made it possible for those who believe in Christ to go to heaven and no longer have to go into Abraham's bosom or paradise. So many things happened at his crucifixion. We haven't really talked a whole lot about that. But absolutely, yes, the more you honor it, the way you honor it, it totally is going to uh, it totally is going to affect the father. And I mean, in, from the father's perspective, two people can be praying uh, s- s- seriously one person says in the Jesus name, the other person says in Jesus name, one of them may have that love for the father that only the father would know. No one else could see that looking upon, right? And he would he would see a different kind of a prayer. And even yeah. though they both sounded, that's, that's fascinating. Because to me, it gives me motivation to tap into what it is that I'm saying. Why am I saying it in Jesus name? So. All right. Um, do the prophet Jenny asked, do the prophets in heaven listen to what is God is telling his prophets right now? For example, does Isaiah listen to Amanda Grace uh, or we can say Johnny or any of those or Hank or whatever or, and try to decipher the. Okay, so, so let me read. For example, does Isaiah listen to Amanda Grace or other prophets and try to decipher the riddles from the words she receives? I guess. I guess she's asking if prophets in heaven are trying to decipher riddles. To me, it would seem like there wouldn't be a riddle in heaven anymore. But anyway, what? I don't think there would be a riddle in heaven. I think they would have full understanding of what was being said. And by the way, they do watch. They do watch. They watch us. They watch meetings in different places. Uh, If you were a member of a certain church, you probably would still watch to see what's going on and just declare over people still there. There's many different reasons for watching either prophets or, or pastors or people like that, but they, they are being watched by those in heaven. They, they certainly are. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me see this one. I'm, uh, I didn't read it fully, so I'm just going to read it live. Nancy asks, Scripture tells us over and over to watch, be alert for the Lord's return. How do I obey those commands when I know the Lord is not returning, as in the imminent rapture, anytime soon? I think it is in part, she's saying, a misapplication of these scriptures that prompt so many 
people to constantly, it seems, refer to waiting for the Lord's coming. I'm not quite sure of the question there, but maybe you can get My something out of it. My favorite scripture explains all of it. Okay. It says uh, from Jesus Christ, occupy until I return. Occupy is taking dominion, taking authority over all the darkness. It's you ruling as a king and priest uh, before him on the earth. And they don't want anything to end too soon. They, they know Christ doesn't know the day, but the father knows the very day that Christ will come back. But until that time, you're not supposed to be sitting somewhere just talking about that. It said clearly, occupy, which means take authority. That means you're actively taking authority over the darkness. That means you're actively operating with you with the, uh, um, with all the power that Christ gave you on the earth. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're not trying to always look like we're going to escape any minute. And yeah. I always say that because I know some people are looking at it right now. Let's all just escape. We'll be gone. It'll be over. No, you're leaving out the best half of what still has to happen on this earth. It's a testimony of the, of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ by us operating in authority like he did. The things I did, Christ said, you will do also. And greater things than those, you will do. So we haven't done those greater things. Some people haven't even done the first things. And and he's not taking anybody off this earth in a rapture until that has happened. Yeah, That's why you have to have understanding of the spirit realm, how to operate in that, what your authority is, how to use your authority, how to operate with your dominion, the weapons of warfare he gave you. That's why so much of that kind of thing comes out of me. He wants them to know how to do that. Because yeah. we will demonstrate and manifest the power of the living God to this earth that there is a God. That's the whole point of it. To yeah. know there is a God. And that the darkness does not rule. The darkness does not have more power uh, than a believer does. And that's why you hear that from me, from Hank, from Johnny. I can go down this long list. Yeah. Why they talk so much about that. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And people just want to sit on the rapture rug, praying every moment he's going to come. And yet you're asking yeah. Christ, forget all the things you're supposed to have demonstrated on your behalf. Forget all those things that the body of Christ will be doing one day to demonstrate who you are in this world. That's what you're saying when you say all you want to do is escape. It's yeah. not going to happen. It will happen one day. But I still think the greatest proof of what you do is when he said he's not coming at this time. It will happen at a time. But until then, occupy, which is yeah. In, in authority until I return. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we are trying to show people to do. You're not supposed to be running and hiding. It doesn't say hide in the hills. It doesn't say that. These are not the perilous times. They're not anything like the perilous times. And, you know, we were, I, I was always taught that word to occupy. It meant stay there, stay put. It never meant, but I was not taught that we were occupying force. So an like example an of that army is. Occupies yeah, when, the when, area. When, when the World War II, when we took over Japan, we had to occupy that land for a season. And believe me, we were in charge. We told the leaders of Japan, you can do this, you cannot do that. We, we were in charge. We were an occupying force. And so God's saying occupy as a force where, where yeah, you're in even, charge. Even, see, even Satan wants that. That's what yeah. Satan's trying to do right now. He's trying to occupy yeah. people who don't want to be occupied, people who don't want him, don't need him. They're already set with God. They already know what their purpose is in this world. And since we know that there's no way that's going to be taken away from us by some scrawny uh, wannabe leader 
from anywhere from hell that's just not going to happen yeah. and therefore that's why this is going to be such a crush it's going to be crushing to the darkness because we still have to do those things that christ talked about he wants to see us do the greater works the greater works is raising from someone from the dead that was just yeah. cremated that's a greater work Gee. okay well we have to be at least raising the dead okay we have to be doing these things because christ said these things i did you will do also and greater works you will do he wants those greater works seen operating around this world because we belong to him and that won't happen if everybody's just whisked out of here and i will say this for him he said please tell them that i said the rapture will not be a rescue party the rapture will be a celebration of glory oh, that's good that's good that's good that's in other words he you say these words you say these words the rapture will not be a rescue party it will be a celebration of glory because we're operating like him to the point where he can't bear to be without as well. In other words, by the time he has the celebration, it's a celebration event. We were already celebrating on the earth. He just came and got us and the celebration amplified. It's kind of what I'm yes. hearing you say. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. Hannah is asking, God is three-part being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we are three-part being. Body, soul, and spirit. But did Jesus have his? Did Jesus have his own body, soul, and spirit while on earth? I'm not quite sure why they're asking this question. And if he was God in the flesh, did the other members of the Trinity make up his spirit and soul? Well, what, that's complex. I don't know. I guess they're trying to figure out the Godhead within Jesus. The Father's in me. I am in Him. We are in each other. I think that may be what she's trying to figure out. What are we made up? What was he made I up of? I can certainly tell you that when Christ was on the earth, he had to be willing to have a body. Uh, there would be no reason for Christ to come as Christ. He was the word. That's who he was. He worked with the father. They made everything. The father would say what he wanted. The word would step out and make it. That's how that worked. That's why Christ made everything that was, was ever made. Uh, the word what does it say? The word was with God and was God, right? The word became flesh. It even says that. That means he got a flesh body so he could rule in this world in dominion and authority, okay? Uh, he had to have flesh on him so that he could live holy, give this, this permanent a sacrifice of him dying for us, and then the fact that in his spiritual body, he wasted hell. He wasted it. He melted the faces of the hierarchy of hell, took the keys of hell, death, and the grave away. He, he knew that was a plan. It was finished for salvation on the cross, but he still had to descend to take back our authority that God gave Adam, that Adam gave to the enemy. There was all this reason why it all had to happen. But I can tell you for sure that was Jesus Christ, okay, who had a flesh body born from the womb of a woman, the Holy Spirit over overshadowed Mary's Mary's womb and Holy Spirit planted Christ who had to become a seed. The word had to become a seed. And that was brought down from heaven by the Holy Spirit, overshadowed Mary, planted that in her womb. That happened to no one else ever on, in, in all of time. That's the only time that happened because he was the son of God. And Mary couldn't have that happen from a man, so it had to be planted in her womb, and Christ was planted, okay? The Word was planted. He had flesh on him because of that. He had to have the flesh to give us authority in the world, and because Adam was flesh, and he gave him the authority, and then he gave it away, 
uh, Christ had to come in the flesh. And that was his own soul and his own spiritual being. He was all spirit. He already had a soul. He had to be willing to be made into a seed by the father and then brought down and planted in Mary's womb. That's how it happened. That's why it's called yeah. immaculate conception. It was done by Holy Spirit and sent by the father. And then he grew up. He was born. He had a body that was a real bus body. He had to have blood in his body or there couldn't be a sacrifice. All okay. this is truth and revelation that was given to me. So I've always known that Christ was always had, a, I have to say, the word always had a spiritual body. And even though he has a flesh body, he still can step inside the Father. Holy Spirit can still step inside the Father. It can still be the three in one, even though he has his glorified flesh. He's yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a phenomenon. And I, you know, I used to read those scriptures about, I think it's either John 14 or 17, where he says, you and me and I and you and, and us and them. And he's talking about that thing. And I always thought it just was like a, it was like poetry. We're so united. That's like you're and us. And we're, he wasn't talking poetry, was he? He was talking no, about reality. Was talking reality. That's crazy because it's a crazy reality. Who? But since you told the story where Jesus stepped inside of you, when you got saved, that's the first time I realized, are you kidding? I know the Holy Spirit comes to live with us, but I didn't realize that it was literal that Jesus steps inside it you. Is literal. It's literal because he has unlimited layers of himself. The Father has unlimited layers. Holy Spirit has unlimited layers. That's how he can be everywhere all at the same time. That's why Holy Spirit can do that. When, when you invite Holy Spirit to indwell you as a believer— he sends a whole layer of himself in you and it literally lives in you and he will guide you. He will protect you. He will not just be walking alongside. He actually comes inside. When and you now, does, um, Kat, when you pray to the Lord and you, let's say you're talking to Jesus, now you're a seer and you've been there, but he's living literally in here. So when you're pr praying to Jesus, are you praying to what you see? Are you praying to who you know up there because you've been there? Or are you praying knowing he's right inside you so you're literally talking to him inside you? No, How, what does it feel like? When he comes in person to see me, it's not the him. He's still in me. He's still in there and so is Holy Spirit. He comes on assignment uh, to personally talk to me because when he leaves from that encounter, he leaves and goes back to heaven. When the father comes, he'll walk to the wall. He'll come wherever he wants to say something to me. And he comes in person. And I see him face to face because I am a seer. I see yeah. the fire blazing in his eyes with love for all of us. I, I see, I, I can feel the power. And I see that rainbow coming in and out of him in waves. You can actually see the little spirits and souls of all those living in him riding on those waves. Oh, you, oh you're seeing those? Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing wait yeah i mean i figured it was good enough amazing enough to see him but while you're seeing him you're seeing the spirits that he still has with him yes wow 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 wow, wow. Jesse saw him jesse saw him when jesse was caught up he was caught up in the flesh his whole body was taken to heaven and he began to get weak and they had to give him this copper colored fruit and that would give you energy because you were there in the flesh and that body physical body wasn't prepared to be in that atmosphere for very long it would begin to affect you uh, i don't ever have that because i'm taken in my spirit i'm taken out of my body my spirit is taken to heaven by holy spirit by the lord uh, to show be shown things on purpose but when they come here it's them coming they come they share they say what they want to and then they leave 
that doesn't take away Christ living in me, that doesn't take away Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's me. hard to grasp that because he is him. The God. He is him. Yeah, yeah, I hear God so you can the be. <laughs> um, this is interesting, Kat, because I read you something from a year and a half ago where they want to know when you do communion here, what happens there. Here's the one that's from right away, right now. And this is Kat, being a seer, tell us what, what, what she sees, what you see when a person is water baptized, can she? Can she tell as well what is happening there in the heavenly realm at the exact same time? Is something happening in there, or are they just watching? I don't know what fully what the I, question there's is. There's always something happening when you do something that's a greater commitment to Christ. Always something is recorded in heaven. It's recorded from heaven. Uh, it's also written down in your book that he's writing, that the Father's writing. Continue to write in your book. Uh, he wrote every day of your life before you were born, but he adds continually to that book with the things you choose to do yourself. There's also books of commitment. There's so many books the Father has, a whole library of his books that he's written in. And of course, there's something very powerful when you get born again. But even the water baptism thing is representing us dying with Christ and then rising again. That That is something that will happen in the future eventually. But that does actually represent that. It gives you a closer cl commitment to Christ. I was four. Um, I was four when I got born again, but I was 18 when I was actually water baptized. And I felt a greater uh, impartation from him really? when I did that. Uh, when, I, when I went under that water and came back up, I was overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord at that time because he was there. That's amazing. You know, because, again, as your testimony and that is true is that you felt and saw and felt Jesus step inside of you. And yet years later you get water baptized and you feel a greater power and anointing. That's amazing. And I and do then, want to add things. Go the ahead. Won't leave me alone. So <laughs> he's continually saying, you need to explain that. You need to explain the scripture. Okay. When Jesus said, father, me and you and you and me, I pray that one day they will also be that way. Okay. I pray that will happen to them because when you go to heaven, if it never happened before, you can totally step into the Father. Holy Spirit will step into the Father. Jesus will step into the Father and you will be one. He will not have said those words. I pray that they be one even as we are one inside of each other. You actually can do that in heaven when you have died and moved to heaven. Well, uh, yes, but to clarify then, but didn't you say there's a certain amount of that? You just said, of course, that he will step inside of you now. And um, so maybe you can clarify what happens in heaven when that has already happened to some degree here on earth, he steps inside of you. So how is it just more? You mean when you're born again? Well, I don't know when, yeah, when you're born again, he steps inside of you, you said, Jesus. Yes, he does. So what, so when you, it, when. It says not, that in the word that he steps right. inside Right, so when you go to heaven, and he steps inside of you, what's the difference between that and the earth thing that happened, I guess? I think that that, that is the very first time he would step inside of you at your invitation, at your invitation oh. to receive him as your savior. You're receiving him as your savior. And and he does when you say that, Father, and not Father, you say uh, to the Lord, I receive you as my savior. I repent of all my sins ever committed right now. I don't, I don't want that in my soul right now. I'm asking for you uh, to indwell me. The Bible says he indwells you. It says that. And he does step inside of you. And you sometimes, he will say things to you. And that still small voice you hear sometimes is him. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I've always wondered how do you tell the difference between him and the Holy Spirit talking to you? I mean, you probably know because you know their voices more. But I, I some... think it, I think it depends on how long you've been listening because I can tell the difference. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com and click the Donate Today button to become a partner today. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I get an impression. I see a picture. It's all like, thank you, Holy Spirit, kind of. Or I'll just say, thank you, Jesus, which it means all of the above, I guess. It's the <laughs> Lord, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, not, okay, this must have been some something you said the last show. You said you pray once and then you keep thanking him. So Sendia, that's an interesting Sendia. I guess I'm a bit confused. I heard that if you have to pray more than once that it has not been in faith, are we to continually pray over and over the same prayer for our unsaved loved ones? I think that uh, asking for things from the Lord, not necessarily the salvation thing, uh, I would tell people, yes, you should not stop praying for them. You don't have to pray every day, every night. But I would totally say uh, to, to make sure that you're just saying, you know, it's a declaration you're making. Yeah. You're making a declaration. And it says, what you dare to declare and decree, it shall be established unto you. So if you're declaring that, you know, that your loved one will know Christ, that they will receive Christ and they will be with you in eternity, which is one of the most important things you can say in your whole life for your family members, that is surely going to happen. He will pursue them so that that will happen. And so I have to say, it depends on what you're saying and what are you asking. Yeah. So asking for your family member to be saved is different than saying, I need this. I would like to have this. I would love to go there. There's different reasons and different type of prayers that you pray. Of course, the most important one would you be stand in, in that place. It says stand there for when you've stood stand there for and don't step back about your family members knowing him. Uh, he is going to do everything he can in possibility. And there's a woman that, I, that I've been friends for years and years, and she said her testimony is years and years ago, she prayed for her mother to be saved. As far as she kind of presented it as if she prayed once, and that was it. From that point on, she said, thank you, Lord, that my mother is saved, or that you're going to save. And that's kind of a variation on a theme, right? That works the same way. Right. That's I a, think it's whatever your soul is, uh, whatever strengthens your soul more. Yeah. If I ask for something, which is rare, but if I do, I just, I personally just thank him after that. Okay. Yeah, that's. Thank and you for that, bringing this to pass. Thank you for blessing me with this. Thank you for helping in this, that, what I'm seeking after. I, I like to thank him. And I think a lot of people don't thank. I yeah. think they should. I remember well, the Lord it, came to me a long time ago and said, it would be wonderful if my people were more grateful. Yeah. Well, it, it's a, it's to me, it seems like it's a higher level prayer because to pray and pray and pray and pray to, for this loved one to get saved for 20 years where this person's prayed at once and thanked him for 10 yeah. years. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. 10 years later, because God, without faith, it's impossible to please God and right. gratitude is okay. That I mean, that's a higher, it seems like it's a higher level, but okay. I think you will take either one. <laughs> Yeah. I think it does show that your faith has grown if you can just ask that one time and your faith is there to believe for it and then thank him after that. I think that's probably how most of the people I know that's how they do it. But it depends completely where you're at, what level you're at as a as a Christian and a believer. 
they may for a while feel like they have to keep saying something is better than not saying anything or not even asking at all. Totally. So it depends on the level of the person who's doing that. But it certainly bless the Lord when you say it enough to, and believe this is going to happen because I'm trusting him for this to happen yeah. and then thank him for it. Awesome. Now, Linda's asking, how do, how do you pray for people who are hateful and evil? And she says in a meaningful way, what she's saying is, how can I meaningfully pray for someone who is just full of hatred and evil? That's what she's saying. I guess she's wanting to know how to pray. I that. think you do that as an act of your will and not from your emotions. Your, your soul has three parts. Your mind, what you think about. Your will, what you choose to do, and your emotions that display what's going on on the inside of you. I think you can totally, even though you, somebody despises you, they've abused you a lot, you don't do that as an act of your emotion. It's not an emotional thing. It's a statement made by your will. And you say, I choose with my will to forgive this person. Then God will actually act like you forgave them. But yeah. then you cannot keep bringing up the thing that they're doing. I think that's more important than saying, um, you know, how do I do that? But your will, your will is the strongest part of you. And your will can actually override your mind, what you're thinking. It can override your emotions, what you're experiencing and your feelings. Your will is what really matters because that's what really moves things is your will. Cat, yeah. the... Um... We've talked a number of times about abuse, and there's innumerable viewers that are watching right now who are abused by a parent, one or more, or both, one or both. Um, I was one of those. Um, so a lot of those parents that did the abusing have died. Some went to heaven, some we don't know. They may not have made it. So there's these wounded souls left behind who have not figured out or been able to forgive the parent. Now the parent's gone. They may or may not be in heaven. Yeah. How does that person forgive in a way that heals their soul when it it ended badly? There were never good words. They were abusive. They're gone. Now, how it's do you forgive be, it? It's going to be the way the father showed it happen. It is using the keys to the kingdom. It's loosing every unkind, hateful, abusive word or action ever done to you by that person. And you say, I lose that in Jesus' name. And Jesus comes down. It says he restores our soul. He will literally come down and pull that out of you. He'll pull wow. it out. And that is the number one way to do that. And then you don't have those thoughts can't keep returning to you about that. The enemy is going to give you those thoughts every day. If it's still in you, if it's in you, he's going to mess with you. If you don't want him to, then you have to get that out of your soul. And when you lose stuff from your soul, it's gone. It doesn't return. It's gone. Then you bind the things of God. And I choose instead to bind the love of God, the life of God, his plans, his will, his way into my life. That I will keep. And guess what you're going to think about? Not the abuse. You're going to think about the love of God, the life of God, and that you will be totally free from all those thoughts of that, no matter how long it happened. It will be gone. Okay. Is it fair to say or accurate to say that even with this, what you just said, there would be some people that got their soul was so damaged that it will tend to be a little bit more of a process than an event. They'll end up having to do that a few times. In other words, because they haven't have figured to, out. You may have to do that a few times. Anytime it begins to rise up, you say, no, Satan, I'm not taking that back. I have loosed it from my soul. 
it is not coming back in Jesus name. And some people have to because they, they experienced it for so long. Yeah. But there will come a point when you say that, that it is gone and it will not come back. But I have prayed with people who went through three marriages of horrible abuse. And I had just been shown this by the father. And I went to New, new um, I don't remember where it was, New Jersey. New Jersey. I went to New Jersey and I was invited by a pastor and his wife to speak in New Jersey. I went back many times, by the way. And he went in the store to get milk or something. And those few minutes, his wife turned to me and she said, I don't know why I know this, but you're here to set me free. Whoa. She said, I've been abused in three marriages and I still have nightmares of the torment. What do I do? And I said, I can show you in three minutes if you're really going to mean this. He said, I will mean it. What do, what do I do? I said, you choose, you choose to use the keys to the kingdom and you're going to choose in the name of Christ to loose all of the abuse. You can name the people. I use I loose the abuse from and said the, the man's name, the other abuse from this person, the other abuse. I will not keep any of those thoughts, any of those feelings in his emotion. I lose them all in Jesus' name right now. And a minute later, Steve, she turned to me in the car and said, I am so free. <laughs> I, I only love that. have joy. It's gone. It's gone. I, I can't even try to bring it up. It's gone. It's gone. She goes, I'm a new person. And she just grabbed me and hugged me. She said, I don't know what to say. I said, this is what the keys of the kingdom were always meant for. You can loose the bad stuff and the evil and the abuse and the harsh words and the critical uh, unjust judgment. You loose it. Loose it. And then you say, and I did say, after you've done that, I said, let's bind the joy of the Lord. I actually say, let's bind the joy of the Lord. You choose to bind the joy of the Lord and his love and his life. And it was that one minute later, she, her face had light in it because she was so crushed with life itself. And wow. she said, I married a pastor wanting to be free. She said, but even though I've been married a few months, it's still, it's still there. I said, that's because you have to get it out. You have to choose to get that out. And I went over the period of seven more years and it never came back. And not only her, but her 16-year-old son, her 17-year-old son, at the end of my meetings, brought them up front. She said, they want to do the same thing because they see that I'm so changed. They did the same thing. They loosed all the abuse, the words of abuse, the actions of abuse by those, by those men, loosed them all from their soul, and they bound the joy of the Lord and the love of God. And they were jumping up and down. And they said, it's gone. It's gone. I and when I come back uh, two years later, the, the woman said, it's never come back to me. It has never come back to my son. You know that, I mean, I wish there was a magic bullet where we could teach this to the entire body of Christ because it's so powerful. I mean, I've used loose for my soul uh, a whole lot of times with this because I've been in process, um, you know, maybe some of it was from abuse, but by the time I met you, most of that abuse was healed. Uh, but it took me decades, Kat, when maybe it could have taken me minutes because I didn't know this because it's fairly new teaching, but. And when the father came to me and I was actually in my room when he came to me, he said, what I'm about to train you and it will change the way the body of Christ lives. He said, in these days, I don't have six months. I don't have a year for them to get whole. I don't have that time. I need them to be active and I need them to be free. He says, so I'm about to show you how to use the keys to the kingdom uh, in, in with revelation and that's what I'm going to show you he said and with these keys with this revelation you can loose wishcraft from your soul 
all abuse, any Satanism, anything you've done concerned to darkness, words that were spoken, actions that were done even as a child, things you saw happen like trauma and all this violence and stuff. He said you, they can loose it in minutes. That's what he said. In minutes. Oh, man. If they loose it in my son's name, he will come and pull it out of them. But then they need to find love and life and things about whatever they choose. You know, God's love, Christ's love, his life, his joy, his celebration. And he said, and that can never be taken out by anybody. And he said, if it's a hard time, if it's been a really hard time in a long time, they may have to repeat that because the enemy will try to bring it back. It's gone at that moment because he took it out. But he will try to represent that by giving someone a, a dream or a nightmare. And you, I would tell people, if I was you, I'd sit up saying, I'm not taking that. I refuse to take it because he wants you trapped. He wants you to be controlled. But this is exactly what the father told me. And that was the first time I actually got to use it outside of my own life. Somebody really? bashed me somewhere. I don't know. They bashed me. I turned around in front of them and went, I lose every wicked, unkind word spoken to me right now. And by the love of God, and I turned around to them. I went, oh, how are you doing? It was gone. It was gone. I had to prove that myself. Me and Margaret used to do it all the time. And Margaret is the one who realized you can do it as a, as a, as a lifestyle. She said, well, I did it four times this week. I went, are you kidding? Really? A one-time thing. She goes, oh, no, we're supposed to be doing this. And the Holy Spirit said, she's right. You're supposed to be doing it as a lifestyle because Satan and, and, and wicked men will present themselves to you all the time. And that's how you handle it. You get it out of your soul. So if you're going through the grocery store and someone decides they don't like you and says something mean, uh, maybe you're not wearing the mask that they're wearing and they're they're mean to your faith. You might have to go outside and loose that from your soul or loose those words. I would from do you. that or just turn right around in front of them. Yeah. I wanted them to know I was free. And I sometimes did it on purpose to show them I am free. It's gone. They would have heard me say that. And they're like, what are you doing? I went, being free. You mean right there you would just loose it from your soul in front to their face? Are yes, you saying? I would. Why? They didn't mind giving it to my face. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hilarious, you know, but it's Christ good. Christ is the restorer of our souls, and if we know how to use the keys to the kingdom, I can do it every time. Wow, okay. I live that way. That's why I could easily forgive those two people who made a blog to blast me. I sincerely could really forgive them. Because I had been living, been living that kind of lifestyle, I keep nothing in here that is not God. That's good. That's good, Kat. Well, I don't want to hit any other subject because I want people to end on this one. Kat, would you just pray for the people, especially in that vein, what you were just teaching? Anything yes. that anything else the Lord would give you? So, yes, and any in any walk of life, no matter who you are, how old you are, you probably have experienced some kind of trauma or unjust judgment uh, spoken over you. Criticism, harsh criticism, uh, even witchcraft spoken over you. You don't have to keep any of that in you. Uh, the keys of the kingdom were created for us to be free. And so I will just pray. This is what you would pray. I choose as an act of my will to loose from my soul. And sometimes I lead whole congregations. Any witchcraft, any wicked thoughts, any actions, any trauma, any violence, Anything I watched that I had not wanted to see, any anything my eyes saw that they shouldn't have seen, uh, any perversion, I loose it all. If somebody uh, practiced that in my home, I'm not keeping that in my soul. If I heard it, I lose all of it in Jesus' name, and it's going to go right now. And then I make people wait because I actually see 
Christ comes down and he pulls it out of them. Sometimes it looks like gray matter. Sometimes it looks like really? dark matter. And, and then when they're done with that, I'll say, okay, now we're going to bind the things of God. And then once you have done that, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be perversion you watched online. It could be things that you read, books you read about witchcraft. Uh, any of those things, you can loose all that. You have to name what it is and loose it from your soul so that it would be taken out. And then you say, I choose with my will to bind the life of Christ, his joy, his celebration, his validation, his plans for my life, those I bind to my soul in Jesus' name. And then he will actually come down and walk down and put them in your soul. And that is what you'll think about every day. That is what you will repeat every day because it's in your soul. If you find out you're just sad, I want to tell you, sadness is, a, is also one of the enemy's greatest plans. He can make you sad over nothing. You don't even know yeah. why you're sad. Lose yeah. the sadness. If, you, if someone has passed away, lose the grief. Retain the memory and the love you have for them, but lose all the grief, especially if they did abuse you. You want to lose all of that from your soul. You don't want to keep it. Uh, but it doesn't matter what it is. If it belongs to the enemy, if it was plans of the enemy to control you, to harm you, to crush you, to steal your joy, your destiny. I mean, the enemy tries to do that. He'll make you sad. If you don't get it out, it'll go to uh, uh, oppression and then depression. And then it can keep going further. And you don't even know why you're having those experiences. It's being put in there by the enemy. You get it out. Kat, is that the same thing, or does it accomplish the same thing? Because we weren't talking about deliverance, but do some people lose from their soul, and all of a sudden they've had deliverance from the demonic? Is that well? Actually, the father said it would accelerate. The one thing he said to me is it will accelerate deliverance. Okay. So I was with a woman, and she had had witchcraft spoken over her, and they had uh, in her family, and they had books. She said a red book, one that never, never received it. She said, but something's controlling me. She said this after a meeting. It was like out west somewhere. And, and nobody was around. I said, you know what? Loose that book. Loose the book. If you remember the name of the book, loose it. Because if you saw it, it still went in your soul. So first get rid of that. So she got rid of that. I said, now you're going to evict. You're going to loosen your soul. The witchcraft trying to operate with you. Op with you. You're going to loose it. And she got to the words. I loose and tried to say it. She couldn't even say. She said something is choking me. I'm not my to goodness. People. I'm just telling you the reality of the stuff. And I said, I, I put my hand here, not hard. And I said, I want you to shout Jesus Christ after I say I choose to loose. And you say, I I choose I choose Jesus Christ. Shout, I choose Jesus Christ. As soon as you say that, you say I loose witchcraft. And she did. It. She said, I choose Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, she goes, I loose witchcraft. And she said, I felt it leave me. It I am free. I am so free. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for helping me. And so in taught, the father had told me, you can lose those things that are trying to control you uh, if you still do it in Jesus' name. I've had people who were sinners. These girls wanted to commit suicide because their boyfriend don't sound. That's a serious thing. And all I could think about was suicide, suicide. So my one sister called me and she said, well, I know they're not believers, but what will happen? I said, let me call them. And I told them, I said, you're about to do something in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to be willing to use his name if you want to be free. And she goes, I'll use his name. I'll use his name. So what she's doing is reaching out to Christ as her deliverer.
That's what she was doing. And so she said, I, I received Christ. I'm going to speak in his name. Should I choose with my will to lose suicidal thoughts and deep grief over, and she said the guy's name. I loose it now in Jesus' name. And then she stands for a minute and light came from her face. Gee. And she said, I'm so grateful to have Jesus Christ in my life now because remember she had to receive him. Should I have him in my life? I have no thoughts of suicide. There is no grief. Nice. There's nothing. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. She said, I'm going to follow him for the rest of my life. And this was someone my sister just met on the street. And um, and she looked like she was in, in really, really not a good way. So guess what? She's Jesus' name. It's like when people cried out for healing. Remember in the word when he said they asked him to be their healer? He said that was the same as asking me to be their savior. And he said, not only to the people, not only are you, forg- uh, not only are you healed, but your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Christ <laughs> that. said that. So if you find someone in turmoil, tell them to do that. Tell them they have to choose Christ. He is the deliverer and the restorer of our soul, and no one else can do that for, for them. You may go through a course for six weeks, but but is that going to get rid of that, or is it going to make you feel better? Yeah, I mean, it makes me think of, I've had, um, um, oh, this is not anything recent or anything, but the, some deliverance ministries, they'll take you through, hours and hours of stuff and it's complex and it's helpful and they name it they name the demons and they they cast them out or whatever but what i'm sensing from you is you can get the same place he took someone else four to eight hours to do that's right in in minutes if you know so it's not like there's it's not like what they're doing is wrong it's just more like but it's not right at the same time if you can do it this way is 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 for the kingdom age it's for us operating in freedom and that you have to be free from the enemy or free from things that crush you and take your life away from you it is really that simple and like i said you may have to do it more than once if you've been if that's been happening a long time yeah it will it will it will have to leave you it will have to leave you and the same thing, Kat, if someone is, um, again, I'm not asking for myself, although there were times I used to have this, but if someone said, I've done everything I can, I can't forgive this person. I can't forgive my father. I can't get, forgive my mother. Do they do that? Do they say, I lose unforgiveness from my soul? Is that what? Is they that they what? could absolutely lose the unforgiveness from their soul. You can lose unforgiveness. You can lose offense from your soul. Any of those things that that beset us or hold us back, you absolutely can lose all or any of those things from your soul. Really, The reason why you're doing it and experiencing it is because it's in there. You know if someone's having an issue, whether it's rage or anger, or they're just, they they can't have any control of themselves. It's always, always a soul issue. It is always what's in your soul. Awesome. (laughs) Well, Kat, thank you so much. Um, Hey, quick, tell people about your two websites and how they can get uh, what, I, Holy Spirit is telling me to say one more thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he said, let them know that because they are the guardian over their soul of their children or the watcher over their soul, whether you adopted them or they are your own, if someone's been bullied at school or maybe they were showing something they don't want to see and they keep seeing the images, you can lay your hand on their head and you say, as the watcher over their soul, I choose with my will to lose from my child's soul. Uh, 
all of the uh, unjust criticism, the cruelty, the lies, the abuse. I loose it now, the bullying. I loose it from their soul in Jesus' name. And Jesus will come down and take it out of your child's soul. And then I choose to bind the love of God, the life of God to their soul. And I have heard from parents that said it was gone when they prayed that over their children. Well, and you can do that if they're sound asleep, right? Didn't you say that once? You can do it while they're asleep. It's what you're saying that you're believing for them. And that means even children who were in an abusive situation and, and adopted, some of those things will hang around with those children if it just has been proven. And psychiatrists will try to help them. But the help they need is for Christ to restore their souls. So you as a parent, have the right to pray that over any of your children's soul, those who you take care of like a child, if you have adopted them. And I was called down to Orlando to a teen center. And I taught this to every worker in the center. There probably was about 80 of them. And they were crying after I was done because they said, when he uses sitting here, whether it's drugs or it's abuse, we have to work a whole year just to gain their trust, just to help them get rid of what they're experiencing inside we will be able to do it immediately. And then that whole year can be spent. So know Christ, to learn how to operate with Christ. And, and they, I heard from them since, and they said it's been the game changer for that whole place in Orlando. that has been around for years. They now loose all that stuff from their souls. So good. So good. Wow. I'm glad you added that part too. Okay. Go ahead and talk about your two websites now that I, I thank you for adding that stuff too. Yeah. I have uh, revealingheaven.com, which is the name of my book. That's my main website where you can get products. You can find out events from there. I think there's testimonies on there. We're about to upgrade that one. And also catker.com. That's K-A-T-K-E-R-R.com. It's where you can get a lot of revelation given. There's um, tutorials on there teaching you some of the stuff I've been sharing today, how to do that. Um, there's also a, a gallery that shows some of the things in the spirit realm that they actually look like, some in heaven, some around the world. And um, it's the only place you can give to me online. I do not ask people to give to other people or to organizations because people are out there trying to cheat you mm. and prove you that it's me saying this is a good thing. Give to it. I'm not going to do that. If I was going to ask you that, I'd tell you in person or write you maybe a personal letter or something. But I'm not ever going to ask you to to give to them. OK, because that's your own personal decision if you want to give to somebody. But if they're saying that's me saying that it is a lie, it is not true. So don't believe anybody who sends you stuff like that. They'll take my pictures and make a fake Facebook or a fake YouTube. Uh, they try to do it all the time. But the stuff I say on my own is where truth is. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm interviewed by people from my own website, that is truth. The truth makes you free, not lies and deception. And I pray that you are free today and you can operate with Christ in this day to do powerful things for him, to be great for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Kat, thank you so much. We love you. Love your team. and. I said, give our uh, regards to Bing. He tells us a dad joke every now and then. He comes on. <laughs> He's great. We're going to have fun in Israel um, in yeah. uh, April, I think it is. So God bless you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We'll see you all uh, yeah. that are watching this. Uh, same time in the morning, 11 o'clock Pacific. Thanks a lot. See you all later. Thanks, Kat. Bye. This has been Elijah Streams. 
Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description to become a partner today.